Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Yes, we're back, resuming uh, a bit more normality, I guess, uh, getting back to business here on the Green Light On Premier Racing podcast. And the reason I say that, it's just sort of getting things back to normal, I guess is the best way to put it, because Corey Smith is back after I gave him a few weeks to, uh, to rest and recover. He's been a busy boy covering the Emerald Series, the Australian Cup Series, and we're out the other side now, so I welcome Smithy back to the, uh, the podcast that he, uh, he co-hosts. Smithy, how are you, brother? Going well, Jim. Going well. I'm a bit like uh, a bear. I like to just hibernate after uh, uh, after working away for a little while. But uh, no, it was good. I, I really enjoyed the Australian Cup Carnival and then obviously the Emerald, which was just on Sunday as well, the inaugural running of it. I'm a big fan of, of uh, race series that, that have been kicked off over the last few years that are a little bit different to what we're uh, used mm. to and the certainly is that so no it was good to uh good to play a small little role in that too and uh yeah it's uh, exciting to be back on with you when you said you're uh you're feeling or looking like a bear i thought you were going to say it's because you look like a bear not because you're going to go jump into hibernation <laughs> for the next three months but um hey we uh, we move on and what i was trying to say at the top of the show is um i feel like we're resuming normal programming having you back on the uh on the deck and uh, you, you just mentioned the the emerald series mate i love the idea um, I love the idea for so many reasons. Obviously, the the eight fastest times making the final in comparison to the um, the eight winners that we'd normally see if there were eight heats of any other particular race. I like that idea, and I think for straight line racing in particular, it's it's good, um, and it's good because it's different. But there, there obviously is those outliers where a greyhound will find trouble, still win their heat, and somehow miss the final. But I, I just thought it was good to go away from the traditional way of heats, winners, into final, and we run the final. I, I think we need to, as a sport, do things like that to try and progress and, and make the sport as exciting as it can possibly be. Yeah, exactly right. And like you said, it's uh, there's greyhounds that can run into a bit of trouble and miss out. Uh, by having four dog fields, you probably kind of decrease the chances of that as well. So I, I really like the four dog heats, uh, 32 fastest dogs. Obviously, you get that into eight. Um, we haven't really had a debrief meeting yet about it. I'm sure we will in due time, but it's uh, it's one of those ones where I, I just really liked it. I, I really liked the concept, and uh, I, I just think it came off really nicely. There was a good crowd on course. I know you said on course on the day that it was a bit like going back to the old non-TAB meetings at mm. Hillsville where big crowd out on the out on the picnic lawn, and uh, yeah, it was just a really nice day, uh, good atmosphere and all that sort of stuff at Hillsville, so hopefully there's more of it. It was, mate. You mentioned just then uh, the debrief. What, what do you bring to a debrief when you all sit down, uh, all the, uh, the big bangers there at the uh, the MGRA, you'll all sit down in a room, and, and what does Smithy wander in with? No, just plenty of positivity and pats <laughs> on the back, mate. I'm I'm the vibes man. I'm all about uh, making <laughs> happy. That's about that's about all I bring to the table. I tell you what. Speaking of vibes, man, um, I could be the the good vibes or the bad vibes man on this edition of the podcast because in just a moment I'm going to announce who I believe are the top three trainers or training combinations in the game at the moment here in Victoria, which. Um, 
there's always a bit of controversy when you do things like that. A few people feeling like they've missed out, but um, we, we are blessed to have such good trainers. I think in Victoria, and you could probably draw a list of a couple of hundred really that are that are well well above the average. And as well as that, we're going to chat to uh, a young man from Bendigo, Sammy Webb, who had a winner at the Meadows through the week, and he's got a runner on Saturday night as well. So it's a big podcast. Don't go anywhere. Run of the week. Now for run of the week. Um, was there a run last Saturday night that caught your mind, uh, caught your eye even, Smithy, uh, rejuvenate? Was that a run that sort of caught your eye last week? Yeah. <laughs> I was just racking my brain there. I was like, I don't know whether he wants me to go down the rejuvenate path or look elsewhere, but how can you look past the big fella rejuvenate? He's an absolute star, isn't he? All eyes on this star youngster in six. They're set away and racing and rejuvenate only fair to go. He's getting a bit of pressure from Nitro Bale as Little Tiger went out fast to lead. Eula Bale and rejuvenate just loomed up to them. He sped to the lead heading through that first corner and he challenges Eula Bale but doesn't get past him as yet. Three lengths then to Nitro Bale, Weblick Raider and Amron Dan can see them all, but this is all class, this youngster. Rejuvenate went straight past Eula Bale, put two, three lengths on him. They're clear then to Little Tiger and Webleck Raider, but it is all Rejuvenate. He's not going to let the putters down. Rejuvenate, a smashing win. He stretched them right out. One at seven lengths, Eula Bale into second. Third, Little Tiger. Absolutely and- enormous performance there, Corey, for so many different reasons. A, he's not a faultless beginner. He's probably not the fastest accelerator in the world, and he had box number six. He overcomes that. Um, he looked as if he was just going to whoosh to the lead through that first corner. And to the credit of Eula Bale, he offered a whole heap of resistance. But then down the back, it was like his third attempt to, to put the race to bed. He was just able to whip around, take the lead. And he has got so many good traits in that run home. I, I don't recall too many looking more impressive, more imposing than Rejuvenate did on Saturday night, the last couple of hundred metres. Yeah, I agree. He's an absolute freak. He, I, I like him around two turns. I reckon that's going to be his go long term. I know he's a one-term track record holder, but I think over the two turns, he just gets a few more cracks at them, like you said. And, uh, the more more chances he gets to uh, to show his best, then I think the better off he will be. What do you think of the 5.15 he ran to the first peg? Is that is that going to be his undoing when he gets into the open class? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, looking at his run home times, that probably screams out 600 metres mm. as well. He's super strong, he's versatile, and uh, he just needs a crack at him. He, he's going to have to draw good boxes in good races, but uh, the them that have that sort of trait and win plenty of races. So hopefully he can become one of them. All right, let's move on, Smithy. Top three trainers in Greyhound Racing Victoria. Now, I'm going to do these in no particular order because I don't want the uh, the big trainers getting a bit itty-gritty with me and <laughs> a bit annoyed. But um, I'm going to start with uh, the first of my top three. And it's David Gill. David Gill. And when I say David Gill, I mean the whole Gill operation. It's, it's it's not just one person to run a a training setup these days and to run a successful kennel. There's there's obviously other people behind it with David. There's there's Rose, obviously. There's Jeff Gill who helps out and a list that's very long. But what he's been able to do with his kennel, not only this year, but over the last few years, he's won a couple of Melbourne Cups. He almost won another with Fernando Mick. He's just won a Group 1 Australian Cup with Fernando Mick. Um, at a, a start number 101, you, you, you just don't do that. Um, he's had so many good dogs, but it's the longevity of his dogs. They've raced for a long time. They've raced at the top level. And I think Fernando Mick is almost the pin-up boy at the moment that he's been able to produce and keep going for such a long period of time. Hence, he makes my top three. Completely fair, too. I, I don't think any uh, list of the best Greyhound trainers can be. Uh, missing David Gill at the moment. And like you said, Team Gill. I, I would love to see uh, 
have become Team Gill or Team Thompson or Team Ennis or Team Daly, whoever it is, I'd love to just see uh, them all up in lights, to be honest. They do it in thoroughbred training. And I know there'll be plenty of uh, people that disagree with me, but I, I'd love to just see Team Daly, Team Gill, all those sorts of things, just everyone getting recognised because it is a massive, massive effort. The next one is the Greenos. Cal and Jackie Greeno and the whole Greenos set up there, uh, mainly because of what they've been able to do with a greyhound by the name of Wow, She's Fast. And I think... They actually added, in my opinion, Corey, another string to their bow, scratching her from the Perth Cup Eats just based on the fact she didn't travel well. Um, it just shows the commitment they have, not only for their greyhounds, but for animal welfare to make sure that these greyhounds, as a punter, you know that when you're backing a Cal and Jackie Greeno, every single star has aligned at home. Every single star is in place when it comes to a Cal and Jackie Greeno starter. And I think that that's a really good thing, knowing that when Wow She's Fast steps out to Ray Smithy, the, the Greenos are confident that she is 110% correct. Yeah, exactly right. And there's, there's greyhounds that um, when you're doing the form, you you get a little bit cautious of if there's a bit of a gap, if they've had a bit of a freshen up, if they've had a spell in between runs. But the Greenos have just made an absolute art form of it. The way that they uh, get this girl to the races in the big races to perform at the at the times that's necessary, uh, it's, it's a massive credit to them. And, yeah, look, a lot of people – probably would have got uh, itchy fingers and, and really wanted to uh, to put her in that race, but they've just decided that her uh, her welfare is of the utmost importance, which which everyone does. Um, but uh, it, it really does take a big, well, basically a big heart to, uh, to kind of pull your greyhound out after sending her over to Perth and then realising that that's not her go. And they tell me as well, Cal Greeno is a checker, checking over the the body of a greyhound is as good as any checker around. So obviously that's a huge advantage. And it's not just, wow, she's fast. They've had Zara's entity. The the list goes on. They've, they've had a great combination as well with uh, the Sprod and, and Whittington syndicate as well. So the Greenos come in in the top three quite safely. And any idea who else makes the top three, Corey? Oh, you, don't throw me under the bus now. You're you're the lead off hitter here. <laughs> you, you are. I reckon that I could name 10 names yeah, I and not even roll with it. So oh. you've... Uh, you are thrown me under the bus, so I'm happy for you to lead off on, oh. on this one, and then I'll throw in a couple of extra names. I'm going to be completely honest. I probably haven't put the, <laughs> the amount of preparation into this that I probably should have because you're right. There's probably a lot more than, than three. Um, I probably could have done a top 10 or top 20, so no disrespect to to a lot of good trainers, a lot of elite trainers. Um, I can even name a few. Uh, Brooke Ennis, Jamie Ennis, Glenn Rounds. They're, they I rate them all so highly, and the list goes on, but... The next person that I've put in the top three is not so much for what they're doing now because they're not actually training. It's for the future, and it's Corey Smith. Oh, what is that? <laughs> no, I'm joking. What? I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. It's uh, Team Thompson. I, I just think what they've been able to do um, for such a long period of time, Jason in particular, and obviously the whole family now, we see Luke, and it is it is Team Thompson. There's no doubt about that. Um what, what Jason's been able to do for such a long period of time, effectively from the first moment I became involved in greyhound racing, and we're, we're talking sort of nearly 25 years ago, um, I remember watching the races and, and Jason Thompson was training elite greyhounds back then. He's kept that consistency of always having top-line greyhounds in his kennel, um, but always having them not only prepared to win races, but if you, if you look at a Jason Thompson 
train greyhound. Their their coats just absolutely glow. Like it's it's like they're plugged into electricity. That's how good they look. So it's a credit to them. Consistency is one thing, um, and they've just kept that for such a long period of time. Team Thompson, and then to win a race like they've won Melbourne Cups, they can do it over 300 metres with a greyhound like Unleash Kalinda. And I think they've got the, the absolute best out of Unleash Kalinda. Um, a lot of trainers may well have persisted with that circle when it probably wasn't working. Um, Team Thompson made the decision to go to Hillsville. They now win an Emerald. And, and, and what's he won? About $100,000 already, Unleash Kalinda. And realistically, the world's his oyster. And who knows, down the track, Smithy, he might end up being a dog that goes back to the bend. Yeah, exactly right. He's got all the ability in the world. He's obviously well-related. And, uh, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of Team Thompson. I can't speak highly enough of just about all of our – well, all of our top trainers, um, Team Daly, Dalebridge, uh, even some Here of the interstate, interstate ones, like uh, Team Lord up in New South Wales. Adam Smithson's also one that mm. I think deserves a lot of credit. He's he's taken some – he's just found his way into a Perth Cup with a dog called Yahoo Serious who um, was battling away in Victoria. We've heard this story before, haven't we, with Vice Grip. Mm. He just seems to improve dogs when he gets them over to WA. So there's interstate trainers that are uh, that are going every bit as good as Victorians as well. So it's it's tough to narrow it down to top three. I definitely think uh, I think you, you're on the right path though for sure. So I'm not going to uh, create any headlines or anything like that. But there's plenty of people that deserve a hell of a lot of credit for the way that they're their greyhounds. And like you said with Team Thompson, there's quite plenty of greyhounds that I don't like getting too close to because it's almost like seeing my reflection in there and that's that. <laughs> That, that's a little bit scary sometimes. So, um, no, they, they, I definitely think there's uh, anti-greyhound people that uh, should come and see the way that some of these dogs are prepared. It's it's mind-blowing. Yeah, you are right, mate. And it's not just the, the top three trainers. It's the, the industry as a whole doing doing a wonderful job. I just wanted to add as well just quickly on to the Greenos. Um, you, you sort of mentioned earlier too, I guess, the, the fact that the pulling the pin on the Perth Cup, you know, it's 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 a move in itself. But they've known when to draw the right card. Like they they put her in the Phoenix as a baby. I think a lot of trainers wouldn't have put her in the Phoenix at that point in time because they would have thought it was too soon. And yet it proved to be the right decision. And I think that's another thing that gives them a, a really big tick beside their name on their CV that the Greeno Kennel because they, they seem to have just pulled the right string at every time when it comes to wow, she's fast. Yeah, exactly right. It's been one of the most phenomenal training performances that I've seen. I know we've got a bit of recency bias going, and David Gill's the same with a four-year-old at his 101st start, Fernando Mick winning Australian Cup. So they're probably at the forefront of our minds uh, just naturally. But, yeah, you just can't speak highly enough of, of how meticulous these these top-level trainers are with their preparations, and it's just a pleasure to see them do their business. Yeah, it's a little bit like Isaac Smith getting best on ground in the grand final is probably the way you'd put the uh, the Fernando Mick win into perspective. But here's the good bit. If you don't agree with my top three, uh, if you go to Spotify where you listen to this podcast, scroll down below where the podcast is, and it will have a question there saying, who do you think? Uh, are the top three trainers. You can let me know if you think oh, I forgot someone or there should be someone in there or you're a trainer yourself and you think you're in the top three. That might be someone like Paula Bella who gets into me for that. But uh, <laughs> we'll soon find out, Smithy. But uh, let's roll on, mate, and find some winners. Saturday's preview. I reckon any press is good press for Paula Bella, so he'll be happy that he got a mention somewhere in that uh in that segment, 12 races at the Meadows, Saturday night, mate. Uh, are you confident we've got a few? I know there's some smaller fields, which generally means less runners, more likelihood of getting winners. Yes, smaller fields does mean less runners, Jim. So well done for doing the math on that. <laughs> uh, tough night. 
tough night at the Meadows, but uh, there is 12 races, so there's 12 winners. I'm not tipping any dead heats this time first mm. up. So hopefully we can find a few, though. Well, I'm glad you haven't done that, mate, because that didn't work out last time. But uh, race number one, 6.29 the first. Now, I'm calling Saturday night. I'm only going to call one race, and then I'm going home because uh, the best bet of the night will fill the pocket, I'm hoping. Race one, number one, Chief Dribble, I think was very, very unlucky last week. Posted wide, gets a small field, which I think will suit. Gets box number one, gets a very winnable Metro grade seven. So... If that's not enough boxes ticked, I'm not too sure what will be, but that's my best bet of the night gamble responsibly, of course, uh, Smithy, but I'm with Chief Dribble as my best race one, number one. Could not agree more, Jimmy Boy. Uh, I'll apologise to James Shaw, but this oh. is great minds, great minds, great minds. Chief Dribble off the top to get us off to a winning start. It's not your best, though, is it? No, not quite. I was going to say, that's got no chance. Um, race two, mate, uh, on with Dark Label here. Go back, have a look at the replay last week. Uh, clipped heels at a vital stage, can run well. Uh, this is a really tough race. I'm leaning Hunger Robin. I think will be better after its first up crack at 500 last start. Improvement to come can lead this one. Race three, I like Starburst Candy. She's only won one race out of 23 starts. Um, I'm still sort of scratching my left arm trying to work out how she hasn't won more. And maybe, maybe she's a bit of a money muncher. But oh, look, she's going to struggle to find an easier city class. 600-metre race, I think. So I'm with Starburst Candy. I just wish she drew box one or two in this, and I'd probably mark her the best of the night. Yeah, really, and again, a tough race. There's not much speed in this one, so I've leant towards the inside. Zinzan Chopper, decent New South Wales form before coming down here. Uh, I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. Race number four, Sports Bet Mix 6 and 7 final, 7,300 to the winner. Um, thought this was a hard race. I'm going with Bailey Bear, but uh, little to no confidence in this one. Yeah, without seeing markets, this one's really tough. Uh, again, it's a race that doesn't have a huge amount of speed. I'm uh, splitting hairs between the five, Mapunga Riley, and the eight, Bailey Bear, but I'll be uh, guided by the market somewhat. Mm, motive, race five, number one for me, and what looks another pretty even race. Yeah, it comes up with the gun draw. Uh, should be winning motive, but just was a little naughty a few starts ago. So uh, makes me want to look elsewhere. So I'm going to be with Elusive Fly. Hopefully we get an each-way price. Yeah, race six, I'm with uh, Little Tiger, who will be... I think an each-way price, but um, I reckon with Little Tiger, just put the Sandown Park form in the bin. He is a Meadows dog through and through, um, and I think box number one brings him right into this. Uh, yeah, this is another tough race. The box draw is re- – uh, the speed map is really hard to work out. How good was Mapunga Warrior last start? The oh. old boy going from strength to strength somehow. Uh but uh, I've landed with Scott Law on top. I think he's better than the recent form reads and he can win a race like this. Yeah, I think I said with Mapunga Warrior last week, it was a flashback in time because uh, I didn't think he had that in him, uh, let alone probably six months ago he didn't have that in him. But uh, credit again to Jeff Britton, who could have easily have made the top three, Jeff and Ange. Uh, they probably should be in the top three, really. But, um, yeah, what they've been able to do with him, speaking of longevity, is won a quarter of a million dollars. Um, he's, what is he now, for nearly four. In fact, he's turning four on... What night's that? Sunday he turns former Punga Warriors. So that's a credit to him to, to bring out a PB then. Race number seven. Um, I'm with Hilltop Jack here, box four. I just think he's a another Dave Gill dog who's had 100 starts and they go well at start number 101 as a rule. <laughs> if we're following that form, then <laughs> we're in trouble. Jack will win very, very nicely, but that's a bit of a stretch for me. Uh, Dragon Inn will be hard to beat, but this is the first time that it's faced 
uh, a caliber of company that it will here. I'm leaning towards Call Me Marley from the inside draw, but I'm um, hoping for an each way price coming off that Horsham Cup series. Race eight, I like reinforcements, but uh, is going to need to lead. I think Racing Shock's a good place chance in this, but um, yeah, or good each way chance really. But I'm going to go with the Cherry, just hoping reinforcements is five, six in front down the back. Seeing it the exact same way, reinforcements and Grace in shock are both highlighted on my sheet. So maybe a same race multi, reinforcements top two, Grace in shock top three. Race number nine, Houdini Boy at stud day is going to get renamed this race to the Tim Britton Stakes, a mix four and five. <laughs> he has the whole field, six runners engaged. Um, Timmy's birthday was last Saturday. He had two winners at the Meadows last Saturday night and two in the twilight meeting at Geelong. So he had a quartet of winners on his birthday and... Something tells me he might even land the first four in this race, uh, Smithy, but I'm with Turt Farmer, mate, number four. I think a couple of them, um, they may just be making up the field in a sense, and, and I think like the wheel and goes, I, I just can't see wheel and go cashing in running out 700, so I've sort of put a line through them. Play nice is probably on the comeback, but not fully fit, so when I, when I broke it down, I thought on the off's another one whose form's probably tapered off, and I was left with Fast Milkman or Dirt Farmer, and I think Dirt Farmer might just be the quicker of the two. I'm leaning towards Play Nice just because it's got uh, somewhat proven 700-metre forms, had cracks over it, as you said, on the comeback trail. But uh, I'm going to try and trust that form. There's six dogs from two litres, one trainer, two owners. Uh, There's not too much to uh, split. You're splitting hairs in this race. Race number 10. uh, We're going to have Sammy Webb on in a moment to chat about Absolute Fly, who got him a win at the Meadows last Wednesday. But um, I thought this was a tough race. I'm probably going with the proven performer, Webleck Raider, box number six. But the draw is my biggest concern. Yeah, I don't like the draw for a lot of these, so it makes it really tough. Xylus Bale's been in really good form. I'm going to go with winning form. Uh, it's, it's probably got the most confidence it's had in its whole career. So, again, I'm probably looking to try and get a little bit of value. So, hopefully, Xylus Bale comes up at a decent price and I can back it. Mm, race 11. Um, interesting race, this. I like Gangster Paradise, but I'm a little bit concerned what he does. He tends to roll up the track. Um, if he jumps well enough and he can lead and roll up the track, he might get away with it. So I'm going to go with the one, but I'm not really confident. Yeah, I'm, I'm the exact same. I've got Gangster Paradise on top. But as you said, has a few little quirks and uh, he will need to overcome those to, to be winning here. But I definitely think he can. Race 12, I'm with uh, Crackerjack RT. Crackerjack Rob Tester is the name of this dog. Um, drawn box number three. He's the best dog in this by a mile, but um, he's he's got a few tricks up his sleeve. So... If we get the real Cracker Jack RT, he'll probably break 30. Um, if we get the Cracker Jack RT that misses a kick, who knows what he'll do. There's a few greyhounds that are a little bit like that in this race. I've landed with Cracker Jack RT on top as well. I'm glad you clarified and went first because I didn't know how to say the second part of its word, to be honest. But uh, Cracker Jack RT on top for me, Jimmy yeah, Boy. It was getting Cracker Jack a ret. Cracker Jack RT, I think uh, somebody called it. Might have even been Rob Tester um, because he would have known that it was named after him. But... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. I uh, spoke to Jordan Cooper this week and or last week, and he said, nah, named after Robbie Tester, hence Cracker Jack RT. And he's got Cracker Jack Hawk, who went around last Saturday night, I think it was, obviously named after Ronnie Hawkswell. And do you know what my question to Jordan Cooper was? What was that, mate? Well, where the hell is Cracker Jack Vandermark? <laughs> uh, they don't want any slow ones in their camera. Oh, oh, Smithy, good to have you back, mate. <laughs> Hunters, punting. Oh, I love when you throw a dagger at me like that, Smithy, but I dodged it once again. Punters, punting club mates, uh, pretty obvious I'm keen on the Chief Dribbler. Race uh, one, number one, the pressure's on the little Kiwi, Jimmy Shaw, who's ventured over, found love in WA and ended up in Seymour in Melbourne. So 
That's the story of James Shaw. I'm going with his dog, 25 bucks each way. <laughs> I'm going to have 25 on Chief Dribble as well, but I'm going to have a bit of an exotic play, so make sure you've got your uh, pen and paper out here, Jim, because you need to take this one down for All me. Right. And I'm going to have race eight. I'm going to have number one to finish top two and number two to finish top three. So make sure you're onto that one, and uh, hopefully I can be getting the job done there. Reinforcements top two, Grace in shock top three. I tell you what, I didn't realise how hard that was to write down whatever you just said, but um, I'll have to go back and listen to it and do it again. But um, that that is okay. So you want to same race multi? Did you say you're going to back Chief Dribble? Yep, twenty five the win on Chief Dribble. Oh, just the win, and the other twenty five's on the same race multi. That's it. Spot on. All right, Smithy. Thanks, mate. It's uh, it's been good fun having you back. I tell you, it's been a good laugh. <laughs> Thank you for having me back, Jim. And uh, hopefully, I'm allowed back next week after I don't get stabbed by some of the trainers that I've forgotten <laughs> to mention in the hey. top three. But uh, I love all of our trainers, Jim. Oh, so do uh, I. Mate. Unlike you, who's trying to single them all out. <laughs> I love them as well, mate. If if something does happen to happen to me, you can you can take over as the host of the podcast from next week. All right. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks, Smithy. So easy, brother. Thank you. Inside info. Well, a young trainer who's taken the collar and lead and he's having a red-hot crack at full-time greyhound training is Sammy Webb. And Samuel's been good enough to join us on the podcast for this edition to chat about uh, his first winner at the Meadows last week with Absolute Flyer and now the chance to win a Saturday night Metropolitan race as well. G'day, Sammy. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, going good, uh, going good yourself. Yeah, going well, mate, going well. But uh, obviously not near as good as you at the moment, mate, because uh, a greyhound that you've got at the moment, absolute flyer, living up to her name, uh, won at the yep. Meadows last week. Can you talk us through that race? Oh, I didn't know how she would handle the first turn because she'd never really been there before and I sort of closed my eyes when they jumped and as soon as she went around that first corner, I'm like, yeah. The involvement in greyhound racing and the decision... To, to have a crack at a young age training full-time. Can you talk us through that process? Yeah, well, I've been with Greyhounds, obviously, throughout my life with my father and that, and then I sort of took over or started when uh, when I turned 18, as soon as I could get my trainer's licence, had a crack at it. And, and, mate, looking back now, you've been training full-time for a few years. I know you've won a couple of nice races. Obviously, you ticked off the box now of a, of a Meadows win. Uh, you'd, you'd be pretty yep. happy with the way things are ticking over, and you've got a few nice ones in the kennel at the moment. Yeah, they're going all right at the moment. There's a few of them that are going all right. Well, that's the name of the game, isn't it, to, to get them going well. Absolute flyer. Tell me a little bit about uh, a little bit about this Greyhound, because you don't name a Greyhound absolute flyer, I don't think, unless you think she can run a little bit. Yeah, no, she was breaking in all right, and I've had her since the day she was born, so it's made it a bit more bit more special having her from day dot and doing everything with her and now making the track and winning races and have you been surprised though how well she's gone she's had 23 starts uh, five wins and look just looking at her form here it looks like she's starting to really string it together these last couple of months yeah she has a, a lot she's been she's always been that one energetic pup from day dot and always been feisty and she's always had it she's that type of little dog that she'll get a knock from a big dog and it won't She'll keep, she'll keep on trying to run and run. She won't sort of hold back and fold away. What is it, mate, that you love about being a greyhound trainer? I just like working with just like working with dogs in general. Always loved animals. And believe it or not, when I was a young kid, I wouldn't dare go near a dog. I was shit frightened of dogs. And <laughs> I would I'd run away from them. I hated them as a little kid. I, I hated dogs. But now... 
It's all I do. It's just dogs, dogs, dogs. Oh, that's brilliant, mate. It's a, it's a great story and the progression, not only of your life, but um, as well your training career at such a young age to have a crack. It, it's a really ballsy decision, mate, and you, you're proving that it's uh, it's been well and truly worthwhile. Just having a look at this race on Saturday night, what do you what do you make of the field and what do you make of the chances drawn box number three? Not sure what she's going to do, but having been back on the inside, she's had box two her last two starts, but now having three will... See how she goes with the big boys, and you never know. You always got to have a shot at it. You're in it to win it. Uh, 100%, mate. You've got to be in it to win it. It's uh, been great to get to know you here on the podcast, Sammy, and uh, great to chat about your involvement in the racing game so far. So good luck with everything. You're a young man with a with a bright future, mate, so keep chasing those goals. Cheers for that, James. And that's all for a big episode of the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. I reckon that will just about go down as one of my favourites, getting to know... Uh, Sammy, who was petrified of greyhounds, uh, and, and now look at him training winners left, right and centre. And uh, the top three, Corey Smith back on. It, it just had it all, didn't it? Uh, until next time, punters, thanks for listening. Safe travelling and happy punting as well.